Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro on this Wednesday evening. And boy, do we have a lot going on here at the NovaCare Complex. It's Dallas week. We know what's at stake. An Eagles win wraps it up in the NFC for the Eagles and, of course, in the NFC East. There are some complicating circumstances. As we record this podcast, no decision made yet on the quarterback position for Saturday's game at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Um, We're going to get to that in just a moment here. We're going to get you set up with what is happening in this podcast and then also congratulate the Eagles with eight players named to the Pro Bowl. Now, there is no Pro Bowl game this year. There is, however, a week of activities. So there is some representation at the Pro Bowl just minus the football game. So congratulations are in order to the following Philadelphia Eagles. Quarterback Jalen Hurts, running back Miles Sanders, both of them their first Pro Bowl. Isn't that incredible? Like, we kind of, we knew Jalen was going, right? Miles, outstanding season, brilliant season, absolutely deserving of the honor of being in the Pro Bowl. And so Miles Sanders and Jalen Hurts go from the Eagles' backfield Uh, How about from the Eagles' wide receiver core? No doubt about it, right? We all expected A.J. Brown to go 74 catches, 1,201 yards, and 10 touchdowns. His first Pro Bowl as an Eagle, his second Pro Bowl in his NFL career. Up front, a first Pro Bowl for left guard Landon Dickerson. Wonderful honor for him. The first of many to come. Not so new, but always very welcomed. For center Jason Kelsey, who is now going to his sixth Pro Bowl. So when you think about Kelsey, six times Pro Bowler, four times coming into this season as an All-Pro, we're just kind of trying to build the member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame stats. And of course, a Super Bowl victory you got to think that Jason Kelsey is going to be very strongly considered for that. So congratulations to Jason for being selected to the Pro Bowl team. And then up front, the third member of the Eagles offensive line to go to the Pro Bowl, his fourth and his first since the 2019 season, right tackle Lane Johnson. Congratulations to Lane, four Pro Bowls, two All-Pros, a Super Bowl champion. That resume continues to build. So the Eagles with five players on the offensive side of the ball going to the Pro Bowl. Hertz, Sanders, Brown, Dickerson, Kelsey, Johnson. On the defensive side, it's a first for Hassan Reddick. And Reddick, of course, with 12 quarterback sacks. What a great free agent signing for the Philadelphia Eagles. And he goes to the Pro Bowl. He is just so excited about it. Ran into him in the hallways and Absolutely deserving as he has led the Eagles to 55 sacks first in the NFL. And named to his fifth Pro Bowl, cornerback Darius Slay, who made it last year with the Eagles, makes it this year with the Eagles three times as well with the Detroit Lions. So those are your eight Pro Bowlers. I'm sure a lot of alternates selected as well. And let's be honest, a 13-1 football team you could pretty much say that just about everybody deserves to be a Pro Bowler with the Philadelphia Eagles. So congratulations 
to those men, those announcements made on Wednesday night and all very deserving. Now, let's get to the topic at hand. First of all, some things to talk about here. So um, good news for the Eagles this week is that Dallas Goddard is active and he will play on Saturday and he'll be a big part of the offense. And we're looking forward to playing and seeing what Dallas does against Dallas. What we don't know at this point is who's going to play the quarterback position. And earlier in the week, head coach Nick Sirianni talked about it and saying, hey, he's not counting Jalen Hurts out of this one, and neither should you. Hey, I'm never going to put a timetable on anybody. I know you put a timetable on him. Um, he's at a sprained shoulder, and I do not put it past Jalen Hurts. I don't put anything past Jalen Hurts um, as far as his mental and physical toughness. So there's a chance he could play this week. And so um, he is one of the toughest guys I know. Um, and he heals fast. He's a freak. His body is not like part of me, yours or mine, right? And so I'm, I'm shaming myself there a little bit too. His body's not like ours. Um, he heals fast. I didn't. He came back fast from his injury last year. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't, I will not rule him out. I will not put a timetable on him. Um, and we'll see. We'll see what happens this week. But both guys will be. He'll be ready to go if if he can play this week. And so will uh, so will Gardner. Jalen Hurts, for his part, says he thinks he's got a shot. And this is what Jalen had to say when asked if he thinks he can play this week. Definitely a chance. Um, taking it day by day, though. You know, I, everybody knows that I'm dealing with something. I think that's pretty public. Is out there. Um, I'm not one to really talk about myself. You know, obviously being a quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, you, you can't run from that, you know. But um, I'm taking everything one day at a time with it and um, preparing versus a really good defense. We're going we're gonna to talk about that defense today. Make sure we don't miss that. Um, a really good team. Um, you know, we know what they're capable of on both sides of the ball. Uh, we know the challenges that they present. So we want to be ready for um, a, good, a good game of execution and being, being ready to tackle. Hertz was injured in the game against Chicago late third quarter, a carry. He was tackled, full body weight on him, shoulder injury. Still stay in the game, 7 of 10 passing, ran four times, 11 yards, two kneel downs, had a touchdown. So even when it happened, Hertz knew something was up. Um, he played through it, but at the time, for sure, he knew that he had something going on. Yeah, I knew. I knew when it happened. I knew when it happened. Um, probably, I'm, I'm very aware of my body. Um, I've always been that way. And, you know, I try and be mindful of those things. And I'm um, pretty good at kind of overcoming those different things. So, um, nonetheless, nothing changes um, with my approach this week, um, as it's always been that way. Now, Hertz said on Tuesday that he could still throw the football. He shook his head, yes, I can throw the football. And then he was asked, what will the week be like for him? Now, we are counting down the hours. And the sense here is that if Jalen Hurts, if the Eagles think he is ready, then he will play. If not, it will be Gardner Minshew. Hurts kind of details what this week will be like for him. There are a whole bunch of things that kind of go into different decisions that are made. But ultimately, um, I want to do what's best for, for, for the team. And, you know, it's a, it's a thing where you take it one day at a time. I think the best thing for me is being ready to play and being of, of best health. So it's a day-by-day thing. And so that is your update to this moment with the quarterback situation. Obviously, we'll stay on top of this the entire way, and 
Nick Sirianni scheduled to meet the media on Thursday morning, which is a Friday by standards when you play a Saturday game. So Nick might have an update at that time. So stay tuned to PhiladelphiaEagles.com, our social media channels, our official team app. Uh, we will have that for you live, that Nick Sirianni press conference on Thursday morning. All right, let's talk about the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We've got a great one for you. We'll have our first look at the Dallas Cowboys. My buddy Mickey Spagnola from DallasCowboys.com joins us in a bit. Ike Reese, we'll talk about the game, about the rivalry, and he gets a little bit uh, emotional and fun at the end, so make sure you're with us for the extra points. And we're going to talk return game here with two of our returners, the two returners, Britton Covey, uh, who's done a really, really nice job growing into the role on the punt game. Um, he'll join us in just a moment. First up, though, Boston Scott, who's been here since 2018, fills a variety of roles for the Eagles, always excels. And it's just great and refreshing to hear Boston Scott talk about his approach to the game and what he's done with the Eagles here as a return man. Outstanding. The Eagles are busting it open in the kickoff return game, and that is a great thing to see. Whenever Boston Scott is called upon as a runner, as a receiver, in the return game, he delivers. And the Eagles needed it, a return game that just didn't have a lot of big ones. In fact, no big ones. Now, all of a sudden, Scott, in this season alone here, in the kickoff return game, nine returns, 245 yards. So the Eagles are threatening in the kickoff return game. Here it is, one-on-one, with Eagles running back, kickoff return man, Boston Scott. Boston Scott, my man, joins me here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Um, Boston, I'm just looking at your bio, and it kind of blows me away. You've been here since 2018. Does it feel like just yesterday, or does it feel like a long time to you? Um, honestly, it's been passing pretty quick, man. It feels like just yesterday I got here uh, from the Saints, and um, it's been it's been a joy, man. The ups, the downs, you know, meeting new people, the connections I've been able to make, man. At the end of the day, it's a blessing to be where I am, man. Been living out my dream, so I got no complaints. What kind of ups and what kinds of downs are there in your football world? You know, um, you know, sometimes you have you know, seasons that are shaky, you know what I mean? And so uh, we've experienced some of that here. Uh, you know, we haven't had the best of seasons. We've ended seasons on a good note, but uh, as far as like, you know, throughout the season there, it's just been, you know, there's been ups and downs. So uh, there's been adversity, you know, whether it's injuries or whatever it may be, you know, it's just been kind of up and down. So, you know, I've just been trying to focus on being a good teammate, you know what I mean? And just working on my craft because it, it truly is a career-long process, you know, of, you know, just trying to be the best player I can be. You're, you you equate ups and downs with team ups and downs, not individual ups and downs? Yeah, I mean, um, there are absolutely, you know, individual ups and downs. You know, you might not have the best game here or there, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm focused on, you know, the team and how I can help contribute. So uh, that's really that's really my top focus. Did you think that um, back in 2018 that, I mean, did you even look into, did you, did you ever look into the future or is it uh, all so you're all so focused on the day to day? The time that I really spend time to kind of reflect or, you know, kind of look to the, what the future might hold is really in the off season. You know, when I have time to kind of take a look at the things that I did over the year, what I did well, what I didn't do well, you know, obviously setting goals. Uh, individually, you know, whenever I'm not around the team. So that's that's kind of when I focus on those things. I, I don't feel like you ever do anything not well. Like, 
seems like every time you're on the field, you are making something good happen. You know, I, um, I've, I've had I've had some uh, opportunities to make some plays, but, but I have made some mistakes. You know, it's just little things, little details that, you know, honestly, it may seem like a minute detail type thing, but in my mind, because of, you know, what I believe I'm capable of doing, you know, I look at a play where I make a mistake and I'm like, dang, if I don't, if I don't mess up here, you know, this this could be a touchdown. You know what I mean? And or if the offensive line blocks up or um, you know, they block up the run scheme well and I, you know, I miss my read or miss the hole, you know, I'm like, dang. If I you know, so it's just kinda like, yeah, I mean, there there are definitely some times where I've I've been able to make some plays, but you know, I definitely make mistakes for okay. sure, for sure. I mean, everybody does, of course. Look, have you can you remember the last time you made a mental mistake? A real, like, hey, I blew this call or I lined up the wrong way or I didn't do the right thing on that play? Uh, I I feel like I'm pretty good on, like, the formation and, like, knowing uh, knowing what to do, where to be. You know, I, I feel like it's been a really long time since I've, you know, made a mistake as far as that's concerned. Now, whenever things are moving and, like, my responsibility is this or this and then stuff starts moving around and that that's that's probably the last time I've made a mistake uh, probably a couple games ago. So, yeah. Also, I remember back way back when you were just, like, this guy that came from the Saints and you were really fast. They liked, they liked you on the practice squad. You got a shot late. Like, why do you think you've – and I know that your goal is to play another 10 years, I'm sure – why do you think you've made it in the NFL? And I know no people don't ever think they've quote unquote made it, but why do you think you've made it? And you've seen so many guys who are bigger, stronger, faster, more talented, perhaps let's go and don't make it. Yeah, man. I, I mean, you know, uh, people talk about like this self-made type thing. And, you know, I definitely want to give credit to, you know, my parents, you know, my family, the people that have instilled values within me, you know, uh, to to continue to press on even when you don't necessarily see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and a part of that is my foundation, you know, what I believe in. I believe in Jesus Christ, and that's a big part of, you know, what keeps me going. Um, but, man, I think one of the biggest things, being a walk-on and kind of being a guy that, you know, that's kind of been, I don't know, I, I think in the, since I've – I'm not I'm not the first option a lot of times. And so, you know – I've learned to clap for myself. You know what I mean? Like I've learned to, you know, kind of just stay in tune to my process, getting better, working on my craft each and every day and, and not losing hope. You know what I mean? I, I, I know the potential that I have, you know, and I, and I still think to this day, like you said, it's a career long process. I still think to this day that I can develop into, you know, something great, you know? And so I'm just committed to that process, um, you know, and I'm thankful for the the coaches that I've been, you know, alongside uh, throughout my career, the ones that have believed in me, you know, and they know who they are. But, like, yeah, I mean, I've just I've just learned from an early age to, you know, everybody's not going to clap for you. I learned how to clap for yourself, you know, and God's giving you, you know, talent. God is giving you the ability to work hard, work ethic. So, you know, I'm just trying to – I'm trying to get bring him to glory. You know, I'm trying to prove my people right. I, I'm not too – you know, I'm not too interested in this whole proving people wrong thing. So, okay, so let me d dive deeper in here. Um, so there's an, a, a, you've all got egos. You've all got confidence. You all want to play. You all want to be on the field and show what you can do. There are mm -hmm. times when that does not happen with you, when you are not on the field, when you are not getting the, the ball. How do you reconcile that? How do you, how do you not sulk? How do you not go in the corner and, and cry about it? Yeah, I mean, so for me to say, like, you know, because we're all competitors. We're at the top of sure. our game. You know, this is the pinnacle of, of football. You know what I mean? So you have a bunch of 
alpha male athletes that want to compete. You know, they want they want the ball in their hands. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that competitive aspect of it, man, that that applies to me too. You know, I truly believe that I could be that I could be the best. But at the end of the day, I'm not gonna let my ego get in the way of you know the team's um, the team's trajectory. You know what I'm saying? Um, and from a mental standpoint. You know, I, I use whatever frustration or whatever anger comes from, you know, whatever situation. And I, I just use that and I work harder, man. Like I, you know, I whether it's me being on the scout team, whether it's me being out there on the field, whether it's me starting, like I always have that, you know, style always jokes around with me. He's like, hey, man, you know. Uh, smile, and then, you know, I'll be, I'll be joking or whatnot, but, you know, he'll, he'll kind of jab at me a little bit sometimes, like, hey, man, smile, and I'll be like, hey. He said the same thing to me, smile. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't smile, smile at all. He's yeah, really- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I'll be like, you know, I, I'll be like, Stat, I'm always angry. <laughs> so, right. nah, man, but, you know, like I said, I just, it's, it, it's a mental battle, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, we're all competitors, you know, we we want we believe in ourselves. We have that confidence, but you know you just don't want to get in the way of the team, you know, because that's what's most important: bringing wins, you know, to the organization. But you know, use that frustration, use that anger, or you know, as motivation, you know, in working towards your craft, you know, doing that extra rep, you know, getting extra reps, however they may come. And that's just kind of been, you know, my mindset. You know, I just scratch claw you know bite whatever i gotta do you know what i mean to just continue to get better you know in the hope of you know not necessarily it will maybe it does maybe it won't you know but for the hope that one day it works out you know but at the end of the day there's so much that i've learned from the game of football that that not only will you know apply to me as a football player but um it's gonna apply to me as a father you know as a husband you know as a friend you know and so I've just been trying to do my best, do my best. I'm not going to say I've been perfect at all, but, you know, just do my best to keep my mind right and just keep working. I, I'm glad you admitted that you're, there's frustration. I, th- I never believe athletes who say, oh, yeah, no, my role, whatever my role is. And I get that. That, that is how you definitely accept your role. Mm-hmm. But beneath that, you are competitors and you believe in yourself and you want more. Mm-hmm. And so to, I, I'm, glad, I'm glad you said that. I, 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 yeah, you got to be real with that, can, man. You got to be real with that. Because, I mean, you can, yeah. it's... it's, it's you can say that and at the same time, you know, like the work on the field or, you know, how you interact with people around the building, you know, that speaks volumes about, you know, your understanding of the grand scheme of things. You know what I mean? But I mean, that's just I just try and keep it real. You know what I mean? Like I don't as a, if I was a coach and I was coaching a guy, you know, I would want my players to believe that they're every single one of my players I want them to believe they're the best whether they're in the starter whether they're you know the fifth guy whatever I want them to all believe they're the best so I mean that's just that's it's competitor <laughs> how did you uh come to return kickoffs here this season what what like how, what's the process how's it work uh so like how did I get I mean, back I mean, there like I don't know like you know you're, you're all of a sudden you're back there returning kickoff people are going yeah oh, um, there's Boston Scott back there yeah uh you know it's just something that I guess the special teams, um, you know, coordinators and coaches got together and, you know, you know, they meet every week and um, I just, I, I guess just they give wanted him a to, shot. yeah, yeah, just give him a shot, see, you know, see what he can do, put me back there. So, you know, I just, hey. You run like it. you're angry. Every time, every time, man. Like, yeah, that's, it's an opportunity, it. man, so. Yeah. What is the key to being a good return man on, on kickoffs? It's we. I, I always make this joke, and I'll ask this to everybody out there who's listening. If you, if every normal person, um, 
not that you're not normal, but you're a special <laughs> person. Um, that if you if if a regular person, civilian, caught a kickoff in an NFL game, caught it clean at the goal line, and came straight out, how far would they get? And I believe, like I'm an old man, but like I believe that most people wouldn't get past the ten yard line. Oh, absolutely not. And here's like the thing is, you know, just think think to yourself, you're on offense as a running back, and instead of five offensive linemen up front, or even seven with uh with tight ends like you're it's like 11 you know what i mean like it's 11 blocks and you have to read all those blocks depending on the return but uh it's it is a very very tough unit and over the years it's kind of gotten tougher honestly you know what i mean because we used to, back in the day we used to be like you know we're gonna put two old linemen together they're right. gonna hold hands they're gonna yell and they're gonna <laughs> run and just whoever shows up you know just knock them out of the park it's not like that anymore you know what i mean so that just makes it that much more tough you have 11 guys or 10 guys that are in space right and they're taking on a guy that's running full speed down the field you know and it's just it's just tough. So I just feel like as a returner, man, like the first thing you have to, you know, you got to threaten the coverage team with speed, man, because whenever, you know, you threaten them with speed, it causes them to kind of slow down and kind of see where you're going, see where you're going, because it's a lot because I've, I've played on kickoff, too. And like being on kickoff, it's allowed me to kind of understand a little bit more, you know, as a returner, what works and what doesn't work. You know, whenever mm-hmm. you're threatened with speed. You're just kind of like, whoa, 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 like, where's he going? And then you got a guy in front of you, so you kind of got to take on take on that block and still have to have, you know, your head up to see where the returner's going. So if you throw him with speed, that helps out a lot. And then also just, you know, being deceptive with your eyes. You know, sometimes, you know, good – Good coverage guys will key into returners' eyes. You know where, you know where their head is turned, where they're looking, and, and then obviously also you know the design of the scheme as well. You know you have to set it up in a way that makes it you know conducive for for the one on one blocks because those one on one blocks are really tough. So it's working though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's it's and it's a unit, man. It's a unit. You know, obviously the returner has the ball in their hands, but honestly, I'm nothing without you know the guys up front. If they're not blocking, we ain't gonna get past. The, the 10, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a hard play. It's a hard unit. So, you know, whenever you see, you know, successful plays in the return game, you know, with Covey on pump return and then with myself on kickoff return, it's, it's amazing. It's, it is honestly just incredible for that to happen just because of how, how hard it is for the returning uh, unit. I thought it was just you were really good at esports and you feel like you're back there with, with <laughs> ocular vision on and you can just see it all happening hey, before it's, it happens. It's all moving fast, man. It's all moving fast, man. It's like I said, it's like a, like ten blocks that you gotta watch. You have to feel, you know, guys uh, squeezing off the backside. You know where the return is supposed to go. Oh, uh, somebody's in the hole there. Okay, where I gotta go? You know what I'm saying? There's a lot that goes on. Um, when do you become fearless? Because that's absolutely a fearless responsibility. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, like, it's just trusting, trusting the system. And uh, Michael Clay, Joe P., Tyler, they they all do a great job every week of uh, putting us in the best situation uh, to be successful. You know, we just got to go out there and execute. So, you know, I think that's a big part of it, too. You know, just, just trusting that, you know, it's going to be where it's going to be, where it's supposed to hit. And if not, you let your instincts take over, you know. But I don't really have much time to think about, you know, no. think about, oh, snap, I'm actually scared. Like, you yeah. know, I don't have time to think about that. You know, I'm just trying to, you know, make a play. So Two more questions because I know you've got your egg roll bowl there. You want to get out of <laughs> here. Um, is it inevitably disappointing when somebody kicks off and it's a touchback? It is. Yeah, man. Like, um, it, it, it just like, depends. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. 
a part of it too is like, okay, we don't want to put this ball, you know, we don't want to put the ball in this guy's hands, you know. So a part of it is kind of like, yeah, yeah, you better kick it out the end zone. But, oh, I got you. I you know got what I'm you. saying? Like sometimes they Chumps, kick it out. Of that. Check yeah. it to me. <laughs> but nah, I mean, you know, whenever we get a chance, whenever we get a shot, you know, the guys and it's cool because the guys be fired up about it too. They want they want to get their blocks. They want to they want to set something off. They want to set the tempo. They want to you know because that's that's big, you know, throughout the course of a game, especially if you know things are shaky on offense or defense. You know, it's nothing like special team play that kind of you know ignites things. So cool. Finally, uh, hey, it's Dallas week. Huge huge game on Saturday. Like you know, thirteen and one. Boston, you've been here long enough to know how how does it feel? How special is what's going on in this building? Man, it feels great, and that's what I'm talking like. You know, I, we've talked about you know rah 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 this and that. Like, I believe I'm this, and you know, I feel like I can develop what that. At the end of the day, it is a blessing to be in this position. It's a blessing to win in the NFL, to be this successful. We've been breaking records left and right, and so that's something that I'll never take for granted. You know, it's I've never been this successful ever in my football career. So, you know, it's not something that I'm going to take for granted. I'm going to remember this season for the rest of my life. And so, you know, that just makes me want to work that much harder to make sure that, you know, I'm able to, you know, continue to work for those guys that have been here for a long time and they've been through even more ups and downs than I have. You know, I do it for my guys. So, yeah, it's, it's a blessing. Keep it going. Big one on Saturday. Don't stare at the scoreboard, my advice, on kickoffs. Yeah. <laughs> right? is, it, is it weird back there when the ball's up in the air? It, that so, I've, yeah, I've actually done punt returns there too. Yeah. And, you know, the, there have actually been some instances on film where the, the ball has hit the jumbotron. So it's it's different, man. It's different. Like, that's, a, that's an added, you know, factor in in being able to judge the ball and where it's going to go and all that so yeah. all right my man boston scott thank you so much for joining Appreciate uh, you. merry christmas happy holidays and beat the cowboys yes, sir merry christmas to you too in a similar vein Britton covey is learning the game has big aspirations for a not super big guy very focused young man made the eagles uh, practice squad coming out of training camp promoted to the active roster has done a very fine job returning punts and he continues to threaten, and that's what we want to see in the return game. So let's hear a little philosophy about life and about making it in the NFL as the guy that everybody said was too small to play in this game of football. One-on-one with Britton Covey. Britton Covey, welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast. How are you? Yeah, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Do you, um, are you a big Christmas guy normally? Um, I am. I am. And uh, this year has kind of thrown a wrench in that. You know, <laughs> normally the season's done by now. So yeah. we're uh, playing on Christmas Eve, though, against Dallas. That is present enough. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear the, the journey um, to the NFL is one story. The season that you've had is another story. Where would you like to begin? What's What's more on your mind mm. these days? I guess the, the, the Dallas Cowboys are the only thing on your mind. I get that. Yes, that is... That is the very football answer, too, right? right the Dallas right. Cowboys. How, how, by the way, congratulations for surviving Soldier Field. What, oh, my gosh. What was it like out there? That It's funny because you watch the film. You go back and watch the film, and it looks like a sunny day. But that had to be top two coldest games I've ever played in. And I, even talking to some guys who on the team who have played for 10-plus years, they all say that that was one of the top one or two coldest games they've ever played in. And it's funny because I thought, well... December 18th, Chicago, it's sunny. I know the wind. I thought the wind would be more of a problem in your instance. Um, yeah. You couldn't really get a better day in the middle. It could be so much worse in, in Chicago. Yeah. Well, that that's what's 
it was just biting cold though. It was, you know, yeah. so interesting. And, and you're not a Cal- you're not a Florida guy. You're a Utah guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We didn't have wind like that in Utah though. But it was funny for guys like like Smitty and me, especially Smitty, he has no fat on him. <laughs> you know. Right. He comes in there he's saying, "I can't feel my hands." <laughs> just because you you don't have much fat on um, on a body like that. And there's really no way to prepare for it other than just knowing that you're going to go in there and you're going to be cold and Totally. Uh, your season has been great. Um, I, I love everything about the way you handle yourself, the way you've grown as a player. What's life like in the NFL for you, Britton? Yeah. Oh, thank you. I, I feel very lucky and blessed to be here. It's a uh, life is challenging <laughs> in the NFL. I'm sure you talk to everybody who's played, especially especially your rookie year. I feel like, um, y- you know, there's not much grace period given in the NFL. You got to come in and you got to hit the ground running and go. Um, so it can be difficult. You know, there's there's really high expectations, which is great. Um, but you have to give yourself that grace and and realize that there is a learning curve at times. And I feel like I've learned a lot in this first year, you know, and, and uh, grown a lot. But I also have supreme confidence in myself and, and in my abilities. And so th- there's a balance, right, of being humble and knowing there's so much to learn and improve on, but then also having that confidence in yourself. And so this year, you know, it's been a, it's been a balance when you have such a good offense, right? As a punt returner or kick returner, your main job <laughs> is to secure the ball. And that's kind of what I've been taught and not take risks. We don't have too many reason to take risks as a punt return unit um, because we have the number one ranked offense in the league, right? And so for me, it's the main thing is secure the ball, no turnovers, and uh, let's get upfield quickly. We're not going to loop back around and have these big risk-taking returns. Let's just get upfield, secure the ball. And and so I, I try and do as I'm coached, you know? And it's kind of funny because I'm only 170 pounds, right? And I've taken some big hits. Amazing. <laughs> but... Doesn't it, seem to bother you. No, it doesn't bother me. I, I'll get right back up. And part of that is just to prove to my team I'm willing to do whatever it is. You know, we have a middle return called, and I'm going to go stick my head in there, and, you know, I'll do anything that's asked of me. Your grandfather wrote the book. Um, Stephen Covey wrote the book, uh, best-selling book, The Habits, Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. So I'm not going to ask you to name seven, but what are the habits of highly successful NFL players that you've learned? Oh, man, I feel like you could just apply all of the real seven habits to football. I mean, I, I, mean, I try and do that. Um, but I think that one of the main habits is or skills is body control. Of all the skills that I think are important – for a football player, it's body control. You think about some of the best players to ever play. Some of, I mean, most of them were crazy athletes, but a lot of them weren't. But they were so good at their technique, their craft, knowing how to control their body. Um, that's what makes a great receiver, in my mind, right? And uh, basically any position. So I say body control is one of the one of the habits that you got to build and work on. Um, and then the other part is mental. Someone like me, right? I'm not like AJ. AJ can kind of uh, get away with certain things because he can rely on his size and his athleticism. For me, I can't. And so I have to focus on that technique and just being the smartest person I can be. Any little advantage I can get in the film room or whatever it is, uh, kind of see the game almost like a quarterback, right? I mean, I played quarterback in high school, 
still trying to get him to throw a double pass in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But please, please Greg Ward's been you, Greg Ward's been lobbying Ward. for that for years. Ever, exactly, forever. exactly. Uh, but I would think that there would be little things that maybe the outside world doesn't really take into account. Showing up on time. Oh yeah, we're talking punctuality, actual, actual habits, like habitual things. Yeah, yeah. Which I think feel like I, it comes natural th- to you because you're a very disciplined guy. Yeah. Well, I I think things like that include extra film study, um, knowing all three positions as a receiver, right? Um, I would say working on small muscles, right? A lot of times it's it's not the benching that gets you, it's the working on your hip flexors and your shoulders and small muscle groups to keep you healthy. I mean, this is a, NFL is a long season. You got to stay healthy somehow. So yeah, if we could go into small habits, I would say things like that. Yeah. Kind of the things that people don't see Every day I have to do my hip routine. Otherwise, I'm going to pull a groin. You know what I mean? And it's like a ten, five to ten minute thing I do every day. But if I don't do it, I wouldn't be here. Right? Who, influence, who, who influences you in the locker room? Oh, that's a great question. G. Ward, one of them for sure. Just because of what I said earlier, similar stories, yep. you know, played quarterback in the past, smaller, have to rely on things more than just strict athleticism. Uh, G. Ward, then I would say um, Gardner Minshew because I've played a lot of. I, I mean, I'm I play scout team receiver with him. He plays the scout team quarterback, and I've learned so much in playing scout team receiver against James Bradbury, Darius Slay, Vontae Matt. You know, you play against these guys every week, and Gardner has been able to watch film with me and and see things just during practice that has really helped me. So I would say those two guys. Like Gardner will say to you, hey, on this route, maybe you can create separation doing this or things like that? Yeah, totally. Huh. Or, or just saying, this is what I'm thinking as okay. a quarterback okay. when I see this coverage so that you know exactly where my mindset is. And so that, that's what I mean. you you got to have a real trust with your quarterback. Um, after, after just crushing it in college at Utah, All-American returns, I mean, big plays, did you think that the transition to the NFL would be easier than it's been, harder than it's been, or about the same yeah. as it's been? It, the same in certain ways, easier in ways, harder in ways. It, it was, you know, I remember in fall camp, it, you know, everyone has their welcome to the NFL moments, right? But I remember in fall camp, just after a week or two, looking around and saying to, like, AJ, gosh, everyone in the NFL is just so good. Like, is this normal? Like, our team is just unbelievable. Everyone in the NFL. And he said, don't get me wrong. Everyone in the NFL is good. But this is unique. Like, this team is special. This team is different. You know, this is the most talented team I've ever been around. So to come in and be a part of a team and organization like that, it's really cool. I, I really feel blessed to do it. Um, but, yes, it's it's been challenging, you know, and I, and I feel like I haven't been perfect, but I've done what's asked of me, and I've done my job. And uh, it's it's something that I keep confidence in because it's not like they just, you know, had no one else, and so they throw me in there as a return man. It's like, no, I've fair and square won the job during camp. Uh, I to this we keep charts of punts and caught punts throughout the weeks and practice and things. And I'm always leading in terms of most amount of punts caught during practice as compared to dropped and and things like that. Where it's you know I feel that it's not just like we have no one else we're going to stick sure. co- it's like no we we Covey's are a really good option back there and so uh, especially with what we're trying to do and and so yeah it's a 
you you kind of got to take little things and build your confidence. Um, I would imagine it, you're you're comparing um, yourself on in terms of catching punts. In college, it was like, am I going to return two for a touchdown this week? Totally. And I would drop our schemes in college, you know, and 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 wow. so here it's a it's a little bit different, and and we're still waiting on the the big one, right? Which I know we're capable of, um, and you can get a little bit impatient sometimes, but honestly, it's we're thirteen and one, and and I just want to do my part, right? And uh, I learned quickly. I mean, I'm sure everybody learns quickly that you know, a lot of times you won't be liked <laughs> by by fans or things like that, and that was tough for me because. That's not true, though. That's not true. I don't think it's a matter of being liked. I think it's, I think it's just a matter of the fans wanting everything all the time. Totally. And, and, and I totally understand. I mean, I've been a huge fan of things my whole life. Um, but it is a, it's different than college, right? Yeah. In college, you're, you're so beloved, and you can have bad plays, bad games, bad stretches, and it's still, you know, here it's you know, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. And so I learned quickly to um, realize that I put most of my mental energy into what the coaches want me to do and doing my job and uh, not letting outside noise kind of affect me because the fans really just want the best for the team. And uh, I'm trying to give that for it. You've, you've told the story. Uh, we've talked to Gunnar Olszewski, uh-huh. or yeah. um, who's told you, hey, it, 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 Patriots, now Steelers, I think, right? Um how it was going to take one big return and then it, right. the kind of the, the, the dam will break open. Have, yeah. have you felt that to be the thing? You've had the big return? Yeah. Oh, uh, you've had some great success here? Like things things seem to be definitely going in right. the right direction for sure. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like, I, I mean, we've I've said this, I think, to you before, but every game where you get more than one return, yes. you actually... Eight, eight straight games with just one return. Right? Eight straight games with just one return, and it's like, okay, you get one return for eight yards... Every, you know, it's it's kind of like disappointing. You know, you're like, but in all the games where we have more than one return, our second return is higher than our first. Our third return is higher than our second. Because not just you as a return man, your unit learns what the scheme of the other team is for that week. Okay, we learned on this first opportunity what they're trying to do with us. We learned on the second, you know, and so you start to exploit that. And yeah, Gunner told me, he was an all-pro punt returner. He said, you know, you once you get one or two big ones, you start to get helped out by the players and coaches. They start to draw more schemes that are more risk-taking schemes and things like that. Um, I doubt that will happen with us just because we're so good. You know, mm-hmm. on offense, it's still the priority is always secure the ball and don't let them get any extra possessions with fakes. Uh, but all great returners, or most great returners, they average about 10, 11 yards per return. And then they have two or three big ones. You know, it's not like they're actually truly averaging 15 sure. yards per return. They're averaging about 10, and then they have two or three big ones. Um, so that's, we're just, we got to get one. A couple of things. Okay, um, uh, number one, I, I believe that in your mind and certainly in your skill set, the greater good of Britton Covey's um, NFL career is going to be more than a return man, right? You want you, you're, you're going to be every you you laid out this vision i'm sure you have is it right that, that <laughs> you're going to be an offensive force D- definitely you know i i feel like there i've compared myself to multiple players in the league that i feel like my skill set is similar hunter renfro okay for example um one that i really liked obviously was danny amendola because he had a similar career started as a return man for a few years then worked his way into receiver so what an opportunity i have to learn 
from Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, Quez Watkins. And thank goodness we have been so helpful or healthy all year because I've been able to truly just learn from these guys. Um, and I know the coaches have confidence in me that if they go down, they, they can put me in at any of the three receiver positions. Um, but what an opportunity to learn. And I feel very lucky to be here. But yes, I, I know I can do it, even through scout team reps, right? I've got a whole film of scout team that I, could, that I like to... Does scout team really challenge? Do you really challenge... Oh yeah! You try to win every rep. Oh, absolutely. Okay. You try to win every single rep, and and uh, there have been weeks when our scout teams performed better than the than the team that we play that week, and it makes you I feel good. I love that. <laughs> uh, on Saturday, it's Dallas. It's not going to be windy. It's not going to be cold. But there's this gigantic scoreboard. Have people talked to you about that? Have you ever played at AT and T Stadium? So I actually went to a game there when it first opened. This was back before I played at Utah, so I was a BYU fan. Don't okay. tell anybody that. I know that. I've read I the went, bio. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't know. believe the family like I know. Has, still <laughs> calls you their own. But I went to the BYU-Oklahoma game when Sam Bradford was the quarterback, and he actually got hurt. Um, and that was, I think, the first year that Cowboy Stadium opened. So I remember seeing that and seeing the punters try and hit it in warm-ups and things like that. Uh, but from what I've talked to people about, the scoreboard is interesting because the ball can get lost up in there. Yeah. Um, playing in a dome is interesting. Punters hit their best ball. They, you know, there's, it goes through the, like when you played in Indy, the ball goes through the stands and then once it hits the light from the window and then it hits the scoreboard and it, it's, it's just different than So, than so how many balls will you catch in pregame to make sure that you have it down? Uh, 15 to 20. Okay. Something like that. No um, when the day comes and you bust one and you're running free down the field and you reach the end zone, will there be a Britton Covey celebration? Have you rehearsed this in your mind? Well, I figure I need a little bit more, you know, maybe a, another season under my belt before I do the Vi Sikahema because he's okay. given oh. me permission. to. So Vi and I are, are good friends, right? And and uh, Coveys and the Sikahemas are good friends. And uh, he's... He's told me I can hit the goalposts, but I'm, well, I'm going to... Vi's my man, and that to, to hear that says something about you, that he will give you permission to um, carry on a, a Philadelphia sports legend. That's, it was a legendary move at yeah. Giants Stadium. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I, that's not going to be my first one, though. My okay. first one, I think, will just be a... You know, I've always wanted to score a touchdown and then symbol I'm too small. You know how sometimes a receiver will like moss somebody and then signal they're too small. Yeah. I've always wanted to score a touchdown <laughs> and say I'm too small. I love that. Just because it's like that's what I've been told my whole career, my whole life. Yeah, I'm you know. Sure you have. And so it's kind of just you know laughing. Just in the don't face. throw the ball away. No. <laughs> don't go crazy and throw it in the stands. No. Um, well, hey, thank you so much for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Good luck on Saturday. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff going on. You kind of block yeah. all that stuff out. In the NFL, it's a it's a nonstop news cycle, isn't it? Yeah. Are you ever blown away by when twenty reporters walk into the locker room every single day? When you when you looked up the first time, you go, "What? What are all these reporters doing here?" <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it, a ton, isn't it, it? It is. It's it is a lot. Are you and a social media guy? I I am not anymore as much. I will get on to post something, but but I like I told you before, I've learned. You know, I got quite a few mean messages, and so I kind of learned yeah. to not. But not again, get on it's, it. I, I will speak for the fans. It's not the fans don't like you; they just want you to score a touchdown every time you touch. the Hey, football. I want the same Very thing, realistic. and I yeah. totally get it. Yeah. I, uh, you know, awesome, Britton. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, I good luck on Saturday, it. and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much. 
All right, our first look at the Dallas Cowboys, who lost on Sunday overtime to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And as a thank you to Jaguars head coach and former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, the Eagles sending down cheesesteaks. Hey, thanks, Dougie P. Big win for you. That loss dropped the Cowboys to 10-4. and four. So they're in dire straits here as far as the NFC East goes. They've clinched a playoff spot. They're three games behind the 13-1 Philadelphia Eagles in the race for the NFC East. Still, with a nationally televised game ahead and a huge audience watching a home game, the Cowboys want to make it right. They want to find consistency, something that's been lacking this year. Here is our first look at the Dallas Cowboys. Mickey Spagnola, DallasCowboys.com. Mickey, great to talk to you again. Looking forward to Saturday. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Cowboys and and a season has been, uh, uh, as usual, a roller coaster. I mean, kind of, how would you describe it here this late in the season? How, how are things going for the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I would think it's been a little bit inconsistent. Um, and, you know, not just uh, maybe game to game, but, uh, you know, half to half, quarter to quarter. Um, you know, it looked like they, uh, on Sunday, were getting ready to blow out Jacksonville. Uh, up 27-10, and then things started to turn at the end of the third quarter. Uh, they got themselves in trouble in the fourth quarter, lost the lead, but then basically took it back. Uh, so you're sitting there going, oh, what are they doing? And then when the pressure was on, uh, they get, you know, get back in the league and then uh, lead and then give it up at the end and, you know, lose on a weird play in overtime. So, uh, I think that's kind of the the deal. You know, you look at how they played Minnesota, uh, beat them 40-3 to three and played a real uh, consistent game all the way through, complete game, uh, but they can't seem to continue to do that uh, game in and game out. So they showed they can be really good, and then at times it's like it's a head-scratcher. Yeah, at their best, the Cowboys, when they're playing their best football, they seem like they're – capable of beating anybody any thoughts on why it's been difficult to kind of maintain that level of play yeah um you know it's 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 almost like well let's just take the game against jacksonville you know they're up uh 21 10 uh they've got a second and two at the jacksonville four yard line and they got to kick a field goal Uh, you know you got to score touchdowns uh and and this is a team that ended up scoring 34 points in the game Next possession, they get an interception of the Jacksonville 42, and they end up at a field goal. So you, you can't kick field goals in this league because you get yourself in trouble. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's sort of the inconsistency there, and maybe just failing to be able to deliver a knockout punch. You got the team on the ropes. You had an opportunity to score two touchdowns there. Um, you know, you could have been up 35-10 very easily, uh, but they didn't do it, and you know, how that goes when you leave teams with losing records hanging around, uh, you get yourself in trouble. Mickey, last year's defense gave up a lot of big plays, and it seemed like this defense had kind of minimized that, really not, not been more sound defensively big plays. Um, what, what is the state of the defense? I know Van Der Esch has an injury that's concerning. I mean, as the, as the defense looks going into Saturday's game, how are you feeling about that? Well, I think one of the things is they, they've incurred some 
uh, injuries to starting players that they're starting to get diminishing returns. You know, previously it's like they had injuries and guys stepped up, especially uh, offensively. Uh, but going into, you know, the games this last week, this week, and then Christmas Eve, you know, you're, you're without two of your top three corners. Uh, and, and losing Anthony Brown, I think, really, really hurt. Uh, the rookie, Duran Bland, uh, has stepped up for Jordan Lewis in the slot and I think has played uh, tremendously for a rookie uh, who had no snaps really in the NFL until he had to jump in uh, into the game when Lewis went down. Uh, they had to be disappointed with Kelvin Joseph taking Anthony Brown's spot uh, to the point, you know, they pulled him in the fourth quarter and brought in Nashawn Wright, who had very little snaps in his first year and a half uh, in the league on, on defense. Uh, then they lose Van Der Esch. Uh, he played five snaps and he was out after the first possession, and that's your leading tackler. It's not easy to replace him. Uh, it's my understanding that uh, the injury he occurred had nothing to do with the neck surgery he had in 2019. It was more or less a, a stinger to a shoulder muscle. Uh, so I'm not sure when he would be back or if he'll be back on Saturday, but it's not like a season-ending thing. Then they lost Jonathan Hankins, who, you know, you guys know about. Uh, you know, big guy to put in the middle to help that run defense, and he was, uh, and then he... Uh, strains his pec muscle, and they had to put him on IR. They're hoping to get him back for uh, the playoffs. But you start losing, you know, your starters like that, and, you know, you don't have somebody to step up at every one of those positions uh, to plug holes, and I think that caused him uh, some problems against Jacksonville, uh, especially the way Jacksonville was running the ball and then the way they threw it uh, with Lawrence in the fourth quarter. And with all that, Micah Parsons still has, I think, what, 13 sacks. Uh, obviously, Eagles fans are keyed in on, on Micah. Uh, how has he responded to his Jalen Hurts comments last week in light of the loss on Sunday? And just kind of how's he played this year and what have teams tried to do to minimize his impact? Well, I'll tell you what Jacksonville did to minimize his impact. So without uh, – and one of the injuries I failed to mention is Dorrance Armstrong – uh, they're starting right defensive end, basically, depending on what personnel package they're in. Uh, he had been limited in practice all week with an ankle, so they were going to use him sparingly, and then he hurt his knee, and he only got 14 snaps in the game. So now you're without one of your top pass rushers uh, in the league, and, and I mean on the team. And so now uh, Micah Parsons has to play almost full-time in that game uh, at defensive end. And, and I think, you know, playing him full-time at defensive end kind of minimizes his impact because now teams know where he's lining up. Now he's either on the right side or the left side. Uh, they try moving him around sometime into the middle, whatever. Uh, but Jacksonville adjusted him because they put him on the, on the Cowboys' right side. Jacksonville lost their starting offensive tackle, uh, uh, Taylor Luan, uh, and, and they brought in a backup that hadn't played much, uh, but so the Cowboys put Parsons over there. Well, Jacksonville countered with putting the running back to that side, putting the tight end to that side, uh, and, and not really double or triple teaming him, 
but putting the tight end where uh, it would be hard for him to have an outside pass rush on the tackle because of how close the tight end was, he'd run right into him. So teams have doubled them. They've tripled him. Uh, and he got a sack, uh, but they kind of minimized his effectiveness uh, with the pass rush. And, hey, that's nothing new, right? Uh, teams have realized that unless they have a high-quality uh, tackle on whatever size he, side he's on, uh, you know, they're going to have to double him for sure. And, and to answer your question, I'm sorry, and to answer your question about his remarks, uh, you know, he would stand up. He goes, hey, we, we, were, we were talking, we were talking about MVP, and I was just kind of giving him my opinion and, and uh, you know, talking about how defensive guys get minimized when it comes to voting for the most valuable player. Now, maybe he could have picked a different example than bringing up uh, Jalen Hurts. Uh, because certainly he has utmost respect for him, uh, but just happened to throw that out. And, you know, as, as we know, Dave, uh, we want our players in the league to talk and have opinions and be interesting. And then if they do and they don't, uh, their opinion isn't mainstream, uh, then it's like, well, okay, how can you say that? We're going to go find out what the other guy has to say. Uh, and then we end up shutting them up because then they learn now, it doesn't do me any good to have an opinion, but he stood up to it the next day, and he said, no, oh, I mean, you know, okay, they said what they wanted to say. I said what we wanted to say. You wanted me to have an opinion. I had an opinion. And, and you know, it kind of after that, it was kind of a non-issue. Yeah, it was certainly a non-issue here in Philly, other than for the fans and for the media players. I don't think really care about it. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit Dallas offense. Last time, of course, the Eagles – um, had Cooper Rush and took advantage of Cooper Rush. Obviously, Dak Prescott is a different level quarterback. How has he played since coming back from injury? Yeah, I think he's played at a high, high level. Uh, I know everybody wants to right away point out the interceptions, uh, but some of these interceptions, you know, they need to come up with a rule and say, okay, that's on the quarterback, or maybe that one's on the wide receiver, right? And he's had a couple tip passes that get intercepted. He's had a couple bad routes where guys didn't do uh, what they are supposed to do, especially crossing the face of a DB on a trust route. Uh, but, you know, other than that, you know, I mean, just the, the first half against Jacksonville, I think he was like 15 for 16. Uh, he had one incompletion, uh, a, a touchdown pass, maybe two, I can't remember, but his quarterback rating at the end of the half was 141. So he's playing at a high level. He ends up passing uh, for, you know, 300 yards, but all anybody can remember are the two balls that got picked off. The first one, he's getting hit from behind, uh, and he ends up with a high throw. And then the last one, it hits the receiver right in the hands, the chest, and pops up, and it gets intercepted, returned for a touchdown. So, they don't give the interception to Noah Brown. They give it to Dak Prescott. And I know yeah. that's frustrating for him. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, as all good quarterbacks do, uh, they fall on their sword. You know, it's my fault uh, when we know it's a different story. But people that didn't watch the game uh, that just read about it think, oh, there goes Dak Prescott. He's, you know, throwing all these interceptions. Well, I think there's been a lot of, uh, you know, unintended consequences happening on some of those throws. So, yeah, 
if you look at the amount of points the Cowboys are scoring since he returned, um, you know, they were averaging 37 points a game, and the 34 they uh, scored on Sunday against Jacksonville certainly didn't hurt, uh, hurt that average. Yeah, it's, it's quite a prolific operation. Um, did, how much did T.Y. play or expected to play? He did not play. He was, yeah, he was inactive. I think they felt like, you know, he hadn't basically practiced once in, uh, he practiced once in pads. Uh, and, and I think they felt like he probably needed a couple practices in pads. So they didn't want to rush it. Uh, so maybe this week, uh, you know, he says he's ready to go. He seems to be in great shape. Uh, talked about how much he's worked out. Uh, so maybe this week they get him some snaps. Uh, they just felt like he needed to give him a little ramp-up uh, week before they actually put him in a game. I guess, Mickey, finally, what does this game mean to Dallas? How big is it? I mean, the, the, the way that the television is hyping it up is the biggest game of the year. We know about the rivalry yeah. of the division. Uh, right. It's quite amusing, and, and it's a fun spot, and everybody's going to be watching. The ratings will be gigantic. We know it's the Eagles, the magic number is one to clinch the division and the NFC. I mean, for Dallas, what does this game mean? Yeah, I, I think that, number one, they've got to recover from the emotional uh, sting of losing that game to Jacksonville. Uh, you know, I Dave wrote last week that, you know, if you didn't beat Jacksonville, you diminish the importance of the Philadelphia game because what are the odds that you win your final three and the Eagles lose their final three and to have a chance at winning the NFC East. So they've got to get over that emotional letdown uh, and realize they need to go out and finish the season. And, you know, who knows what happens, but uh, I, I just thought, you know, if they're looking at it pragmatically, you know, the odds of being able to capture uh, the division ha- have reduced greatly, uh, but you know, they know they're in the playoffs and I think the driving force has to be you need to continue to improve. You need to continue uh, to get better. Uh, and uh, it's going to be important. It's going to be an important game. And I think that's the way uh, Mike McCarthy uh, approaches it. Someone who was asked him after the game, you know, is, is it so disheartening that maybe you're not going to have a chance to win uh, the NFC East? Uh, and his response was, I don't think that way. Uh, you know, I expect to win every game, and we'll continue to uh, preach that going forward as we try to improve. And you got three games to try and improve, uh, and with the number of guys that they've got playing in place of guys that are injured, uh, these are going to be very, very valuable snaps. So uh, I think once they get over this, this loss, uh, they'll realize uh, the importance uh, of the game against the Eagles. And, you know, and I'm sure they're thinking, hey, you know, as bad as we started that game off against the Eagles the first time around with Cooper Rush at quarterback, you know, it was 20 to 17. We got back in the game until the Eagles drove on that next drive to make it look like it was a wipeout at 26 17. Uh, so I think there's a little bit of that, too. And, you know, and I think both teams understand when they're playing each other. Uh, the importance of that game. And in our extra point, Ike Reese, now the drive time host for Sports Radio 94 WIP in Philadelphia. And of course, a Pro Bowl special teamer for the Philadelphia Eagles and linebacker member of the 2004 Super Bowl team. I cornered him 
and I wanted to talk about the Eagles and their chances against the Cowboys and a little bit about the rivalry. It's our Extra Point with former Eagle and current Drive Time host at Sports Radio 94 WIP, the great Ike Reese. Ike, let's first start with 13-1. and one. Did you see it coming? No, not at all. Not, not at all. Um, I actually had thought 12 – I, I picked – 12 and uh, 5. I'm trying to think of how many games we play nowadays. So I thought they'd be 12 and 5 this year. I thought there were a lot of pieces that were added that if things go well, they can have a special year. I, this is beyond what I thought uh, this year would be. So, yeah, pleasantly excited. So is this a Super Bowl contending team? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when you look at the landscape of the NFL – and I watch a lot of football, and you think about all three phases of the game and the complimentary football that the Eagles play. Nobody plays the brand of football that this football team plays. They have the ability to beat you on the ground on offense. They can beat you through the air on offense. They can beat you by smothering you with their defense. And I don't think any other team in this league has – all of those things operating at the level that Eagles have. So with that said, we don't know at this point what the quarterback position is going to look like on Saturday. Um, the Eagles may have to win without number one. Yeah, and I think they will. And I'm not just saying this because I'm an Eagle. I, I look at this football team, and this is not to minimize Jalen's MVP run this year because he should be the MVP of this league, but it also tells me how good this football team is. And – much like they did in 2017, and it let you know even when Carson was having an MVP season, we didn't recognize how good this football team was entirely until Carson wasn't in there. So not saying this is the same situation, but we're going to get a chance to see possibly just how good this football team is, and I think it's going to, it's going to show to everyone that they aren't just about one guy. Even though Jalen has had a great season, this is a complete football team. And I expect if Gardner has to play, I don't expect there to be much drop-off. Because like with Nick back then, Gardner has starts under his belt. So it's not like it's a rookie coming in that hasn't played a lot of football. Gardner Minshew's played some football and won some games and had success. He hasn't had this complement of players around him. So it takes pressure off him if he has to play to feel like he has to carry the load. There's enough talent around him. All he has to do is operate the offense. Adds a little bit of drama to a series that really doesn't need a whole lot more drama. <laughs> is it, is it, do you think the national audience is more intrigued? Do you think the local audience is more? Like how do you kind of view the fan reaction to this uncertainty? Um, I think initially people were a little concerned. I think once – we started hearing more details that it was a sprain, there was no structural damage, there was no break, and he'll definitely be back. I know I excelled because I was holding my breath as well. And once we started hearing that information, I more or less just said, okay, if it's a week or two, we're going to be fine. And this team is good enough to win uh, the next few weeks. So I, I think there's more of um, almost a little bit of an anxiety towards excitement to see what the team looks like without Jalen. Not that anyone would prefer to play without him, but Gardner brings, if he plays, a, a certain personality and sort of swagger to the game that is fun for fans to watch. And so as long as we realize our MVP is going to be back in there, I think we can take this game and enjoy it and still have fun with beating the Cowboys like we plan to do. Eagles, Cowboys, you played in it. Like, is, is, is it a special week for you? Oh, uh, No doubt. No doubt. And the reason why it's so special for us as players, because we know how much it means to this fan base. I've often said, 
This team belongs to the fans. They've been here for decades upon decades. They've lived through the hard times. they lived through the heartbreaks. they lived through some of those disappointing times against this Dallas Cowboy team. And they've all had to hear about it. So that history that's there with this fan base, we as players, we come in and we inherit it. But those of us that have been around a while, we take the time to understand how important it is to everyone. So it's obviously important to the players to go out there and win. They're going to try to win every game. But I think it's special if these players really understand what it means to this fan base because this is one that they want. Can I get a Dallas Sucks from you? No doubt. Dallas Sucks. Go Birds! And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you. The Novacare Complex is quiet. Uh, we leave for Dallas on Friday and play on Saturday and then get back home just in time for Christmas with the families. For everyone out there, happy holidays. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. We'll be here for New Year's as well. Hope everybody's happy and safe and healthy and enjoying this 13-1 Philadelphia Eagles football team as we go to Dallas to beat the Cowboys. Thanks to Peter Kelly and Kira Mahoney for their work on this particular Eagles Insider podcast. Ray Doyle, thank you for your work promoting it and lining everything up. It's really, really been a great operation this year. John Ganode and the Eagles Media Relations Department, also outstanding. I feel like Jake Elliott with Rick Lovato and whoever's holding that week, Brett Kern now, had been Aaron Sipos, Britton Covey at Alt. It's an operation. It takes a team to put together a great podcast. We invite your comments. We love your comments. We need your comments and your reviews and your feedback. So please hit us up if you can. Just scroll down to the bottom of the page uh, when you see the podcast listed in your library. We really would love some comments and get some feedback and make this better and better and better. Thanks for joining, everyone. We're back with you in the wee hours on Saturday. It's our Instant Reaction Eagles Insider Podcast from AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, where the Eagles look to clinch it, to wrap it all up in the NFC with a win over the Dallas Cowboys. I'm Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro. Thanks for joining, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day. Fly, Eagles, fly. And go, Birds! E-A-T-L-E-S!